Stonegate Church, thanks for uh, checking in with us for another episode of Life Around Stonegate. We are really excited today to just tell you some of the great things going on around our church. And also, uh, for those of you who have not had the incredible privilege to meet Jen Curran, also spent a little bit of time with her and hearing about all the amazing things that she does around our church family. So, uh, Jen, glad you're here. Thanks. This is going to be fun. Absolutely. And Jen is... uh, well, she's been around Stonegate quite a while. I have. So you've kind of had two different uh, iterations <laughs> or, or moments around Stonegate. You guys came around in the early days. And so why don't we just start we there? Did. Tell us your first stint at Stonegate, and then we'll pick up your second stint and what you're doing these days. All right. Uh, yeah, we uh, got married, Brandon and I, and uh, we're looking for a church down here in Midlothian. And we got the mailer that Christmas. Uh, they sent out a CD. Okay. Um, and it was a few worship songs and a message from Rodney. And so we got that in our mailbox and had heard about it. And so that kind of like planted a little seed of that there was this new church in town. And then some friends of ours from work um, had tried it out and were coming. And so they told us about it. And so anyway, we had kind of decided we were going to go to this other church. We woke up late one Sunday. We couldn't make it. And Brandon was like, well, let's go try uh, Stonegate at mm. the conference center. And we decided to run over there, and we did. And I got there, and by about worship song two, I was crying. And Brayden leaned over and was like, "We're never leaving here, are we?" And I was like, <laughs> "No, you know." Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it was just, it just felt like home pretty instantly. And yeah. so that was six months into the plant. And mm. so, yeah, then we just got involved, got in home group, and home group leading, and had our babies here. And so it's yeah. just been a really sweet time. It was great. Yeah. So. And that was, I mean, you guys were here um, during that phase of your life for, was it about seven years? Oh, gosh. Me and numbers. That sounds about right. Yeah. 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 So about seven. About seven yeah, years. And then great. you guys, uh, you stepped away for a couple of years. You guys went somewhere Brandon was coaching at the time. Yes. Yeah. So Brandon and I met and we were both college coaches. I was coaching tennis and Brandon was coaching uh, basketball. And um, so I had stepped out of coaching uh, once I had Quinn and Grayson and mm-hmm. Uh, but he was still, uh, pursuing that career. And, uh, so yeah, we got a call from, uh, East Texas Baptist and we went out there and he was the head coach out there for four years. And so, uh, we never really thought we would come back necessarily. Um, uh, although we loved it, but this isn't where my parents live or anything, you know? So, uh, this was where dear friends were and we just thought it was for a season and then mm-hmm. the Lord brought us back. So I always say like we're on Stonegate 2.0. Yeah, <laughs> this is our sure. second round. And during the first season too, you were, you were on staff for a bit. So you were doing, what, what were you doing during that, yeah. that first time here? At well, Stonegate? I was a little bit of an everything. So I had helped run a Paul Tripp marriage conference with Rodney and that was kind of a contract deal. And so then he asked me if I'd join staff. And at that point we were all still being able to fit around one big table yeah. as a staff. And, so he just asked if I'd come on and use my giftings in some different areas. And uh, so I helped uh, Jeff when he came on as uh, the youth pastor. And uh, then I kind of helped start to think about what women's could be at Stonegate. We were so early on. There wasn't much of a solid women's ministry. We did a, a thing here and there. And so just what was that going to look like for Stonegate? Yeah. And so that was fun. And I stepped into kids ministry for a while, mm-hmm. uh, doing the first <laughs> through fifth grade. And you taught uh, them how to hit a forehand. Yeah, yeah. no, we didn't no. do any of that. But uh, I have a background in kids men um, from just a lot of doing it and a lot in college, and thought that's what I was wanting to do after college. And so, 
uh, I will do all the silly songs and the dancing and, you know, uh, scripture memory games and all, all of that. that stuff, so yeah. that was a fun uh, mm. season. And so, but that wasn't too long. I did that for a little bit right before Brandon got called to East Texas. Yeah. So, yeah. And then life kind of threw you another curveball. Uh, well, it was it was kind of like shortly, uh, it, it, well, it started a little bit before COVID. And then you guys came back on staff as COVID was getting going. So it was yes. back around was it late spring 2020 when y'all yeah. moved back here? We moved back uh, April of 2020 yeah. when everybody was, you know, happy and getting yeah. along. And the world was, was <laughs> We weren't even meeting awesome. in the building yet. Yeah. And so it was it was a very interesting time to make a transition and sell a house and buy a house and, yeah. and all of that. But it also gave us uh, a really sweet season in there to, to make the transition before the hustle and bustle of the building and stuff. So I, I actually look at it as crazy as it felt and kind of seems, uh, the Lord did use that season yeah. uh, just to help Brandon make that transition yeah. and us come back. So it was great. You mentioned though, like not having a lot of family in this area, so that being a big draw of bringing you back, but rather uh, relationships and even impacts. So what were some of those impacts yeah. that Stonegate had in your life during that first stint? Uh, things that were maybe formative or just blessings yeah. that happened in your life? Well, man, I think I could answer that in a lot of different ways. Uh, one of them I'll start with is uh, just impacting the way I began to see the gospel. And so I would say just the way that we preach and teach here. Um, I just have really never like explored what is really idolatry and um, that just that undoing in my own heart was so freeing in so many ways. Um, I also... Uh, working for Rodney and, um, working for someone who, uh, really sees people for who they are. He was super impactful in helping me, um, really accept the way that God had made me. I remember one time he's like, Jen, there is a sanctified version of you and there's an unsanctified version of you. And we all, every human gets to choose what they walk, how they walk in that. Mm. And he said, just work your life to walk in a sanctified version of you and that's who God has you. And so mm. there was so much healing and freedom that came from like those sort of conversations with Rod. And, and I do think having a male say those things and your pastor say it mattered too. Mm. Um, and then relationally our home group was just such a key um, to the community that came around us. A lot of us were having babies at the time. Uh, I wasn't working. Um, you know, the normal hours. And so we, we just did life. I mean, I would call somebody and be like, let's go to the Chick-fil-A playground and survive the day, you know, and yeah. we were all doing the little kid thing together and we'd show up in yoga pants and a t-shirt mm -hmm. and let the kids play on the floor and we'd have an adult conversation and feed them yogurt melts and, you know, all the things that you're doing yeah. just to kind of be in that. But in that we forged such really deep friendships. And those are the people now that if I show up, I'll go lay on their couch. I mean, I'm 40 something and yeah. I don't care, you know, because they feel like my family. Yeah. Um, but just that sacred ordinary mm -hmm. of like capturing back the things that are just ordinary and sometimes even feel monotonous if yeah. we're honest and yeah. finding ways to like actually bring meaning into them because we actually have community or others that are going through similar totally, stuff. Totally, totally. And just, it just created, yeah, I think that's so good. It just created this space to have really life on life, rubbing elbows with one another. Um, and then it was like, hey, do you have chicken? Because I've got this. Let's just stay and eat. And the guys can come home from work and eat. So 
we really found, and it was several families. It wasn't just like one or two. Um, Well, you have a proactivity and an intentionality in you to begin with. Like I see you demonstrate those qualities and characteristics all the time. But you and I have also talked about for a lot of folks uh, how much good stuff, how much community, discipleship, encouragement is probably just right around the corner Mm -hmm. if they would just bring people along into the stuff they're already doing day to day. Like you and I will talk about that regularly of Mm -hmm. like if we could all have a little bit more of a mindset. Oh, of, yeah. I've got to go do these things anyways. There's probably someone else in the community or my, in my network or yep. group that probably has to do these things. Why don't we just do them together? Yeah. I have done uh, so many uh, one-on-one hangouts sitting in Sonic. <laughs> you know, my kids are in car seats in the back seat, and it's a college girl that, you know, I'll just say, like, hey, I've got to do this. I've got to go to Target, and i got to go, to, and I'll swing by and buy us a drink at Sonic. And those are the valuable conversations mm. if we'll just be intentional with having them if we'll bring up jesus if we'll bring up our own lives mm. and not just talk about surface level things those can be really amazing moments that don't feel even threatening they just it's not like we're cracking open a, a program to yeah. do and so um yeah i've definitely sat and folded laundry and mm-hmm. you know had a really serious conversation with somebody um yeah. just while i had to do life so i kind of like that too because it, it maybe gives some folks that could be listening where they feel like they don't have a lot of space mm-hmm. to say i'm gonna have an appointment every week yeah. with someone and we're doing like a, a deep systematic theology study or i've got yep. like this evening but rather i've got to run these errands anyways yeah and i can just do them with others and have conversations with them about the lord what god's doing in their life and encourage them oh, as yeah. we do that together Yeah. And I think you can, I mean, people need to think about it on both ends. You know, there's, um, you know, whether you want to use the word discipler or mentor or just really good friend, (laughs) um, I think there's a responsibility to think about, you know, what, how do you define it as the, as maybe the older person that's doing it and, uh, laying out those groundworks of that. It's like, it doesn't have to be, you know, super structured, but I also think the, the person that you're pouring into or the one that you're getting to know, join in with them like be a helper or be willing to not have it look the exact way that you want it to um it still can be such a grace to like be a part of somebody's family or you know help cook dinner and eat you know with them and and just watch them be a mom watch them be a wife um see how they just handle their life and their money and their their respect for others so there's just so many different ways i think discipleship can look i mean jesus was followed by men and yes he did teach and turn around and give them lessons half of them they didn't even understand (laughs) and then he also just lived as a as an example totally and i think actually it's 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 sometimes a a shortcoming of how we view discipleship sometimes in the western context is we see it much more as like a classroom-based thing Mm -hmm. where uh and and you're right the picture of jesus with with his disciples wasn't a like a seminary type thing of we've got a syllabus and we're in a classroom for the next two years Mm -hmm. but it was much more as you go totally so it was like okay well now we're walking to the next town we're going to that market we're going to this but it was much more Jesus doing his ministry and he's bringing people along with yeah. rather than just withdrawing for, and I'm all for seminary and we're doing great things at Stonegate to increase theological development. But I think we shouldn't walk by all those other moments. No, totally. I mean, he taught him how to treat sick, how to, mm-hmm. you know, talk to priests, how to, you know, yeah. treat women. Like yeah. all of that was done much more an example than well, it was. So in many of the pictures are from meals. Like yeah. he's just at meals and the disciples are there. So it's just centered around tables. Yeah. I love so. that. Um, tell us a little bit about your family. 
So you said you had your kids here. I heard you yep. highlight that. So your kids were born here. Got two kiddos. Yep. Yeah. I've got uh, Quinn is eleven and uh, in sixth grade, and then I've got Grayson is in is in fifth grade and he's ten, and then I have a stepdaughter who is uh, twenty two named Emma, oh, and so gosh. she just finished college and is doing the the job search thing, and she's a brilliant writer and uh, just very creative. Yeah. Uh, her sketchbooks are are beautiful, and she's she's just totally wired in those ways and uh quinn is my volleyball a lover <laughs> she loves we just started club volleyball this last weekend spent the weekend in the gym and it's fun to watch your kids find the thing that kind of like yeah you know gets them up in the morning mm -hmm. and you know that they can pour some energy into and yeah. passion so that's been really fun to do that with her and and then Grayson is my social, you know, he, he wants to know what the schedule is, is it, when's he going to see his friends? And, yeah. um, he is just a really sweet friend maker and can be friends with a lot of different types of kids. Yeah. And, uh, I love that about him. So, uh, yeah, we have a fun little core and, you do. uh, I'm just, I feel really blessed that I don't just love my kids, but like, I really like my kids. Yeah. It's been, it's a fun season and, um, they, uh, you know, they're kids, but yeah, it's, it's, it's really great. They are fun kids. So, um, especially you, you're right. Like every time I'm around Grayson, he's just, he's a funny kid too. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, he is. He's got lots of wit. He does so, really quick witted. So, which is going to be dangerous probably one day, but yeah. <laughs> speaking of fun, uh, it seems to be a lot of fun happening these days in women's ministry. Yeah. So, um, yes, we just finished the holiday table. Finished that. And so, for those who don't know, and, and that's one thing I wanted to highlight with Jen today, uh, she leads uh, women's ministry here at Stonegate and has just done such a great job the last couple of years as Jen's come in. We've just seen so much fruit and maturity and growth inside women's ministry. And it's yeah. been so neat to see that. And, you know, we've had lots of conversations that we think there's still so much on the horizon. Yeah, so it's um, exciting. two things I did want to highlight in that. So if anyone's uh, listening, one, they can be encouraged, but also if you're a gal out there, you can be involved. Mm -hmm. But two areas I uh, wanted to highlight today was uh, we regularly have uh, the table. We so do. maybe we could uh, explain it. We just had one. So. Yes. Just this last week? Last week we yep. had one. We called it the Howdy Holiday Table, and uh, it was super fun. We had uh, lots of silly – everything was Western theme. We had chili, and um, we had about 250 ladies, I think, in the end coming. And we ended up having some dancing in the lobby, so it was really fun. People were like – women were leaving sweating, and um, it was a really sweet time. I had an interesting conversation with someone who uh, actually hasn't been a believer very long, and she said um, – the laughter and the camaraderie that the event felt like was such a gift to her. And she said, you know, the secular world is always looking for this. Mm. And she said, they're looking for uh, a place that is fun. Um, and that is, is people oriented. And I, sometimes I think, I mean, we're always going to have a great speaker and we're always going to worship the Lord. Um, but I do think there's something to just joy. And, uh, another, when I was sharing that, another lady shared, she said, yeah, that's one of the concerns when people come out of addiction mm -hmm. is they don't know, okay, if I give this yes. up, where am I going to find a group of people that accept me and, and we can have fun and we can yeah. do, you know, things. And so. Cause you're losing your community. Yeah. A lot you're of losing times. your like, community yeah. and where they had fun was parties yeah. and yeah. bars and other places. And so, um, it really was just a really joy filled room, yeah. uh, with, you know, some silliness and, and food and laughter. And so. That was that was sweet and a good reminder just from those ladies as they were encouraging me um, 
that we these these events are important and so uh they're big i know that but i just always please come when we have them uh not because i want my attendance to be good but i want you to connect with people and and have a night where you can um meet with the lord uh, and meet with people in a in a really fun safe way so. yeah and as jen mentioned we have those uh periodically throughout mm-hmm. the year so probably a handful of times four to six something i don't know somewhere in that vein yeah um and they really are designed uh, to give women uh, another opportunity or front door to experience community yep. um and as jim was saying there's always great bible teaching there and encouragement but the relationship i think is is so huge we live too. in such a relationally impoverished Mm-hmm. culture. So we're all very online, but I don't know if we're uh, often very present with yeah. each other. Yeah. And I just would say, you know, for the, if, if you're listening and that just almost brings anxiety feeling, yeah. um, I, I do recognize it takes some bravery to sign up for these and to come. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I just, we really are intentionally trying to have table hostesses, have greeters um, that's, that really are trying to see you and, and, and meet you and so please know that you're being prayed for and that we recognize that it is intimidating we recognize that it is that it can cause um a lot of anxiety to figure out what to wear and get your kids handled and get out the door and then go make small talk at a place you've not been very long and so if that's you like i do hope and pray that um you'll try and that uh you know that we are trying we don't recognize it that is, it's just, it is hard. We do see that. And mm-hmm. I'll say it too, if you're, if you're a husband out there, gosh, make space for, uh, for your wife to be able to attend. So yeah. raise your hand and initiate <laughs> and say, I'll, I'll take care of the kiddos yes, and do it joyfully and do it with a lot of, uh, just enthusiasm along the way. For I sure. think it also goes a long way. So yeah. we all need, um, each other in relationship, uh, much more than we often feel day to day. Oh yeah. Like I could, I feel like I can just get away with like, oh, okay, I haven't connected with anyone or a friend, had a meaningful conversation, or had fun, or even laughed in a while, and I'll be all right. But there is such a deteriorating effect of what that does to us over time. Yeah, and there's a fake uh, version of it through social media, <laughs> yeah, and there is. so it, it actually makes us go longer without mm-hmm. feeling the realization of it. And I think it digs us into a deeper hole, um, where there's a there's this false reality that we we are in relationship with people, and then we look up and we're like, wow, we we've been out of it a long time. Yeah. It was actually one of the key lessons I'll take with me the rest of my life uh, from COVID when we did start getting back in person. And there weren't like a lot of blessings, but there's always some silver lining. One of the silver lining was, at least for a short window, we all had just a newfound appreciation of what a grace it was mm-hmm. that we could gather together yeah, and how much we missed it. And so there are times every once in a while, I just try to remind myself of that. Right. Of, you know, uh, schedules feel really full during the Christmas holiday season right now that it can, I can be all the way on the other side of like, oh, not another thing. Yeah. But I do remind myself of like what a grace it is. I can yeah. gather with other people and be encouraged. Yeah. yeah. To get a hug. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know. See just, a face. Yeah, see a smile. Exactly. All of that. Mm-hmm. And then um, one other uh, event I want to highlight that we do inside women's ministry is Behold Become. Yes. So tell us a little bit about that. That's the other big thing we do. Yeah. So um, Behold Become is our uh, spring conference that we put on here at Stonegate. And it was just birthed out of what we saw as kind of a need down in the South Dallas, Ellis County area. And so we try to serve our own women and uh, advertise outside of our doors. So we bring in different speakers uh, each year and uh, kind of have a theme. But our, our always our focus is this idea of what we call it, Behold Become. So what we mm-hmm. behold, we will become that. 
And so uh, we're always going to, it's always going to have a Jesus focus because we want to look at Jesus to become more like him. And so uh, this year we're having uh, Dr. Alicia Britt Sholee, and she is the author of Anonymous, mm-hmm. um, which is, if you've ever had a book recommendation from Kelly Needham or Lindsay Schott, they're going to give you the Bible first, and then they're going to give you Anonymous. Um, and then she has a new book. She has several books, but then her newest book is um, called, I just went blank, uh, oh, The Night is Normal. And I think she's uh, just really going to talk through that season of, um, you know, none of us love the idea of suffering seasons or feeling like, you know, we're in a winter almost, mm-hmm. like there's just not much going on spiritually or we feel kind of blah or ha- those diff- those can look different and diff- for different reasons. Um, and yet she's going to help us see that, like, Jesus told us that this was going to happen and we yeah. should expect it and that it is normal and that God is present and he is near even if it doesn't feel like it and um and so I think it's going to be a really sweet weekend uh again of connection with one another but she is very tender in the way she approaches her speaking Mm -hmm. and her writing she allows space for the Holy Spirit to just kind of do its work within us and just let us explore those things and so uh, I'm really excited uh, for this year and um just feel like that God has purposely put her uh, in our in our path this year. It's going to be great. It's really great. Mm-hmm. So if uh, you're a lady out there, uh, we would love for you to be a part of that. So yeah. I think we even have, do we have an early bird rate still? Or We don't. Still, we I don't. should just give a code. We'll give a on code. On the podcast. Yeah. We should do, I will give you a $15 off mm, look at price that. thing if you put in the word podcast mm. in the code. So when you register. Just for you. Just for you. If you yeah. hear it, you can use yeah. the term, the Code podcast, one word. I like it. And you can get $15 Look at that. Off. We're making deals in real time. I know, right in real time. <laughs> so I'll just need to remember to put that code in when I get I off this podcast. It. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> don't tell your friends, too, if they don't that's listen right. to the podcast. I know, no, or no share code. the podcast first. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you should. When are the dates for that again? March 1st and 2nd. March so 1st Friday and night and then uh, pretty much to lunch on Saturday the 2nd. That's great. So. Um, Tell me this as we, yeah. we we wrap up a little bit. What are, what are like one or two hopes you have for women at Stonegate? When you think about women's ministry and all the Lord's doing and what he's going to do in the years to come, what are one or two things that you find yourself hoping and praying for women around Stonegate? Yeah. One of my bigger hopes uh, from just a larger – I just really want women to uh, feel um, – uh, feel is not the right word. I want women to uh, – I guess it is feel really comfortable in their own skin. And what I mean by that is in the giftings that God has given uh, you, the personality that he's given you, you know, a lot of people are like, Oh, it's I'm comfortable now because I'm in my fifties. And I just, I see enough women in their fifties still really not appreciate or liking who they are or doubting themselves or feeling like the comparison thing is still real. And I, I do think it takes work and I think it takes, um, time but yeah. I, I think it does take intentional work to like really I, I don't like the word love yourself but I just think love who God has made you and walk in that and feel free in those giftings and so yeah. to help women find their lanes mm-hmm. whether that is maybe it is an actual women's ministry or maybe it is in production or hospitality or um, mm-hmm. kids men or but to say like the the gifts I have I can run in this lane and I don't have to look at the lady next to me running in a different one and feel any less than because maybe she has something, you know, and so 
I just, I have found so much freedom in doing the personal work of, of loving and accepting who God has made me and finding that lane. And I love watching women be able to find that. So that's like a really big kind of global hope. I Um, think you are saying something significant though, um, that I, I, I identify with of like, yeah, there is a version of love yourself that feels very, um, self-helpish, secular pop psychology mm -hmm. stuff. But there's also a version of if first Corinthians 13 is true and it is of like, that's what love looks like. Love looks like love is patient, is kind, does not envy, it does not boast, it does not keep record of wrongs, and we're called to love. Mm-hmm. I think we should also love in that way ourselves. Yeah. Like we're patient and kind with ourselves, mm-hmm. where we don't keep a record of wrongs because God does not keep a record yeah. of our wrongs. So, so even if we just step into that invitation of what First Corinthians 13 is saying we ought to do for others, yeah. surely that would also mean yeah. we should do that for ourselves because <laughs> yeah. that's how God loves us. Yeah, that's great. So if we could be patient and kind and hope all things and believe all things and endure all things, um, I think that is a beautiful invitation, mm-hmm. and I, I I love that vision. Yeah, for for the women at Stonegate. Yeah, I would. I me too. I would love that. Yeah, and I'm seeing it, and I'm seeing people find their spaces, and it takes it takes some effort, but um, mm. and just communicating that with us as a staff, like if you have a gifting, um, it, it's not prideful or boastful to say, you know, could this be used somewhere, and yeah. us helping you find that space. So it's great. Um, and then as far as just things, uh. I, we're going to always challenge the, our women to be thinkers and to believe that they can be a theologian, that they can handle God's word. We're going to, uh, teach in a way that, um, hopefully challenges you, but, but causes you to want to go back to your Bible, to, uh, become hungry for it. And, um, and so I just, I think it's good to, to challenge us as women. Sometimes we just can live in this narrative that that's for, you know, people that have gone to seminary mm-hmm. or maybe you have it as a gender thing, but it's for men or, you know, there's all these interesting uh, narratives of, but I want us to be women that can handle God's word, that, that loves God's word. And so whether that's our teaching or resources yeah. or the Bible studies that we uh, put out in the fall, um, that's going to always be at, at the tip of the spear that's for great. us. That's great. Well, now the real important questions. All right. Um, favorite restaurant? Oh, favorite restaurant. I love Mikosina. Mikosina. Yeah. Okay. Are you a Tex-Mex person? I do. I like Tex-Mex. Okay. Yeah. You know, Tex-Mex is funny. It's like, it's the same five mm. items. They're just either rolled, wrapped, folded, you know, beans, rice, you know, cheese. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> you know, I agree. then we just rename it. Or There's a lot of a creativity in all the different concoctions yeah, and ways they yeah. combine it. But it is. It's the same right. couple ingredients. So, yeah. But me and, you know, some queso and love it. Uh, guacamole. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah all of that yeah, is, I love is it. dangerous. Okay. So that's my favorite. Mountains go-to. or beach? Well, it's mountains in the summer, beach in the winter. Yeah, that's a good answer. You know, yeah. like, yeah. this girl ain't wanting to sweat. I'm <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, that's. <laughs> Uh, favorite two Christmas movies? Well, I, I've definitely got the unpopular options, but I love The Holiday. You know, the old, have you seen The Holiday? I haven't oh, seen this The Holiday. This is like rom-com. No. Like, oh, wow. Yeah. You know, okay. L.A. girl, England girl, they need to switch houses through an Airbnb switch. They meet their man. You know, it's just awesome. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Is that like a Hallmark movie? No, no, it's one step better than Hallmark. Okay. You know, Hallmark, they only 
you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's. But I will watch me some Hallmark movies. Yeah. I <laughs> Freedom in Christ, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, I full laundry and yeah. watch Hallmark. <laughs> so the holiday, and then I really like a Family Stone. Again, not a popular. Wow, two yeah. I've never heard of. I, I feel like I've heard of every Christmas movie. I know. Yeah. So here I am. I just love it. Breaking standards. And then favorite Christmas tradition you do with your family? Well, I. Oh man, well the one I wish I never would have started is shelf, Elf on the Shelf. <laughs> What was I thinking? I got totally suckered from my preschooler back in the day. Um, we do the Christmas jammies. Uh, we eat Mexican food on Christmas Eve, usually tamales. I like a lot of traditions. And Brandon is just such a good sport. We I build gingerbread it. houses with the t- same two families every year. It's going to be on the 16th, and here we go. You know, mm. So we, we have a lot. We go uh, look at Highland Park Christmas lights with uh, Caitlin on staff. She's always goes and we yell nutcracker every time we see a nutcracker and it's, you know, the same thing and we drink coffee, you know, Starbucks. So yeah. I can't really pick because I These do a lot of them. are all great traditions. I know. Yeah. I love that. But that's kind of what makes the holidays spiritual. what they are. No, no. So sorry, everyone. I did you not You come give to church. You. <laughs> yeah. I do. I, all, yeah. Of, all five services. All five services. Yes. <laughs> all five services. So pick one and uh, serve it a couple others. That's right. That's right. And have some spoons, the yeah. chocolate spoons. We'll have it all. We should share the tradition of the chocolate spoons of Stonegate if we no one should. knows. Yeah. I think, are we doing that this year? Oh, 100%. Okay. Okay. So. If you come, I'm going to tell you now. Right. So if you come on Christmas Eve, yeah. there's going to be a bar of chocolate spoons. Mm. And we have been doing this at Stonegate since the For beginning of time. Yeah. And um, I think I, my wife helps make them. She does. So, so yeah. uh, Melissa Tidmore was the kind of starter of this. Laura mm. Hobbs was part of it. Mm. But now it's like a whole day at Melissa's house with mm. a team of women that build these spoons. And I mean, we're yeah. talking like Butterfinger, uh, marshmallow ones. All we're the flavors you could ever want. It's yep, insane. They're there. And it, they're awesome. I keep thinking the church is going to get big enough that the spoons are going to go away. Nope. But it lives on. It's resilient. It is. Yeah. And so if you've not been a part of it, come, you've got that get a spoon. You. Typically yeah. your children are just going to sit there and gnaw on it. Yeah. And you don't even need a promo code. So no. There you go. Yeah. This is. These are totally free. Yeah. You can mix them in your coffee or just gnaw on them. So. That's right. So, well, ladies and gentlemen, Jen Curran. Thank you. The one and only. And uh, and actually, we've got, uh, we got JoJo off camera. She ran a half marathon the other day. So if you see her, give her a high five. <laughs> yeah. She deserves it. And her husband ran a full marathon. So, yeah, yeah it was pretty impressive. We're yes. not talking about that. Yeah. So we love you guys. Uh, <laughs> if you need anything, just email us. Um, we would love to pray for you. You can make a comment if you're watching this online or uh, just reach out. But anyway, we can minister to you and your family. We'd love to do that. And we'll catch you guys next time. Yeah. Bye, Stogate.